what's your motivation for doing the things you do? Now, I know that that's a broad question, right? And we could have different motivations for different aspects in our life. But let's just go down that path a little bit. What motivates you to work? Is it money? Is it looking for something to do? Is it wanting to advance your career? What motivates you to be a good spouse? Is it to keep peace in the house? Is it out of love? Is it to model to your family what it looks like to be a good Christian home? What motivates you to be a good child of your parents? Is it the fear of punishment if you aren't? Is it because you want a good birthday present? Is it because you love and respect your parents? Now, we could go through uh, and ask these kinds of questions for, like, every aspect of our lives. You know, what motivates us to do our best? Different things motivate different people. What gets me up and going to work every morning might be different from you. But what happens when your reason for motivation goes away? When you work as hard as you can and that promotion doesn't come, do you still work and try to do your best? What happens when you do a ton of work around the house and your spouse doesn't appreciate it? Do you still have the motivation to keep doing that kind of thing? What happens when your parents can't afford that one gift you really want for your birthday? Do you stop trying to be on your best behavior? For many of the things that motivate us, you know, when the result that we're looking for either doesn't come or goes away, we can lose our motivation to keep going, to keep giving our best effort. Even some good and well-meaning intentions can go away under the right circumstances. In Paul's letter to the Colossians, uh, he's trying to properly encourage and motivate the Christians living in Colossae. And this letter, I think, is more or less summed up when Paul says in uh, Colossians 3-2, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth, not on things that are below. That message is something we can be reminded of every day of our lives. Now, I feel like it's obvious, but I'll still say, Paul is not saying, just look at the clouds and admire the sky. That's not what he's saying here. He's saying, have an eternal focus. Keeping in mind that there is more than what we see and experience. When we see things through the lens, through the perspective of Jesus, and that there is more to life than what we can see, it changes how we see things. In our reading from Colossians uh, earlier, Paul starts by talking about how a Christian household should operate. Paul calls each of the members of the family, the wife, the husband, the children, and the bond servants to each love each other in their various roles. Now, this in and of itself would be radical for the people 
uh, living in the time of and the area of Colossae. Because keep in mind, back then, it was a very male-driven, male-dominated society. The man of the household would be the one setting all the rules for the family. He would be setting basically the tone for the quality of life for everyone else in their house. And no one other than the man had a say in how things were to go. And so the rest of the household might, you know, honor him, but it's possible that they did it out of fear, you know, out of just wanting to appease the man of the house. And so Paul calls each of the members to love and to serve each other. And he gives a motivation, the reason why they should. He says, whatever you do, work with your whole heart as though you are serving the Lord and not man. When you, as Paul says in Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on things that are above, that fills your earthly roles with purpose, with meaning. When we view things in our life in light of Christ, changes everything. I think there are two things that Paul is doing here. You know, the first is, obviously, he's establishing what a godly house, what godly relationships with others look like. You know, just, just picture this. This ideal family centered in Christ, what that looks like. The father loves and protects his wife and his children. He's patient with them. He teaches them. He looks to uplift them. The wife fully trusts and submits to her husband, following where he leads. The children joyfully obey their parents, not out of fear, but out of love and respect. And they look to please their parents in everything that they do. Now, are there, how, are there households that don't look like this? That maybe have only a, a mother or a father or stepmother, stepfather, or whatever. Are there other households that look like this? Or then, then what look like this? Yeah. But the same principle applies. The godly roles that Paul is calling Christians to live by. Now, I know we've talked about this a bit as we've gone through our Read Scripture Challenge this year, but this is one of those places where what Paul is describing is just a small little glimpse into what the future glory of heaven looks like, what the restored life looks like. Now, right now, there's obviously sin in the world, and that's going to prevent the family unit from living how Paul has called you know, there are glimpses of it. But when it does happen, you know, when, when the family does find times where they're loving and serving each other, they're looking out for each other's needs, and they're working like a well-oiled machine, this is a glimpse of the unity that awaits us in heaven when sin is no more. It's a glimpse of what heaven looks like when Paul, when what happens uh, when Paul, what Paul is describing here happens. When each person looks to love and serve others, when each person does that, 
That is how things in the kingdom of heaven are supposed to work. That's the first thing that Paul does. He talks about the Christian household, how transformed by Christ, how the Christian household should operate. He starts with the household. Change in many ways starts at home with the family. But then he zooms out. Twice in our reading for today, Paul says, whatever you do, whatever you do. And I want to focus uh, on this idea along with getting back to talking about our motivations. You know, as I talked about at the beginning of my sermon, your motivation for why you do something can go away in almost an instant. When your motivation to do something is gone, you're either not going to do it anymore or you're going to do it but hate doing it the whole time. Paul says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that the, from the Lord you will receive the inheritance for your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. What we do matters. Jesus gives meaning to every single aspect of our lives. Not only does he give us an example of how to love, how to serve others, but he also gives us the reason why. So when your motivation to do something has gone away, you can find joy knowing that it still matters. Everything you do, whether it's picking up a piece of trash on the ground or snowblowing the neighbor's sidewalk or doing the same job that you've done for the past 25 years or cleaning up your house or your yard or changing the fourth poopy diaper of the day. Whatever you do, whatever you do, do it knowing that you are serving Jesus himself. Just as Jesus said in our gospel reading for today, as you did it to one of these, the least of these, you did it to me. Even if you think what you're doing doesn't matter to anyone else, it matters to Jesus. We don't do these things to try to gain favor before God. We know that we have only been given favor on account of Jesus atoning for our sins on the cross. We do everything serving Jesus in response to the changed life that he has created in us. We respond to that life, seeing things with an eternal perspective. You know, realizing Jesus has changed our eternity changes our present reality as well. Just like Paul says in Colossians 3, 2, Set your mind on things that are above, not things that are below. How we view our eternity changes absolutely everything in our life. 
So do everything to the glory of God, knowing that everything you do, you're doing it for Jesus. Jesus gives meaning to everything we do. May that be the motivation that doesn't change, that gives purpose to everything you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our eternal hope, our eternal life that changes our present reality. God, we live our lives knowing the end, knowing that we win because of Jesus. God, help us to be encouraged and to be motivated, knowing that even for these things that we do that might seem thankless, that are tedious, that we don't like, God, it is bringing glory to you. It is serving you. Help us to serve joyfully in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.